and welcome, welcome, welcome to WDGS on your podcast station. I tell you, I tell you today, 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 what the Spirit has to say is that understanding. Oftentimes, all we need is understanding. And when we are seeking understanding, many occasions, we can't just take the first thought that pops in our head. We can't just take the first few words someone say, especially if they leave us hanging with an understanding. The power of understanding in Proverbs, it says, above all of thy getting, get understanding. Have you ever watched the news before and you thought you understood what they said? Have you ever talked to someone before and they always leave you with a perplexity and thought about what they were talking about? Have you ever listened to a message, especially sometimes, you know, you may listen to a pastor or a minister or a spiritual teacher, even your classroom teacher, and you still may leave in a perplexity of understanding. I want to share something with you from the book of Mark. And for all you who know the scripture, you know that's the third book in the New Testament. And Mark followed the lifestyle of Jesus. And let me share with you why the four Gospels are very empowering because those are the first four books of the New Testament. And each one of those books gives us instructions of the lifestyle that Jesus executed on the earth. Now, why is that so powerful for us? Because he showed us through a living example exactly how we should conduct ourselves, how we should engage with others, and things that we should do in order to get into heaven. When you study the four Gospels, oftentimes you will see there's repeated information. What Matthew wrote, you will find Matthew, Mark, and I'm I'm sorry, Mark is the second book of the Bible, not the third, I stand corrected. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the four Gospels. And when you find yourselves wanting to mimic anybody in the world, if you want to copycat somebody, if you want to mimic their lifestyle and look at a person and say, I want to be like them. I like to tell you the best person you could want to be like is that of Christ. But even with people following after Christ, multitudes of people, he still had to sometimes share a deeper understanding to the ears that were listening to what he said. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Oftentimes, people listen to a person, but they don't hear. And I have a firm philosophy about listening and hearing. I'm talking to you now, but I may be listening to what's going on outside of the walls where I sit. But in order to tune in to get a deeper understanding, you must hear And not just hear with your ears because you're listening, but hear what the Spirit has to say. And this is what the Spirit has to say tonight for me to share. It says, and Jesus began again to teach. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Jesus began again to teach. That means he was already teaching, but he found himself in a position to teach again. And at this particular time in Mark chapter 4, he was sitting by the seaside. And while he was sitting there by the sea, there gathered a great multitude of people. So many 
that he entered into a ship to sit there at that sea and begin to teach. And the whole multitude that was by the sea on the land. And as he began to teach, this is what Jesus began to say. And I want you to listen, but hear. Listen, but hear what Jesus had to say. He said, and he taught them many things by parable. What is a parable? A parable is almost like poetry. And a person, that's why I say they can speak in different ways. But do you understand how they're speaking? If you had to read a book by Shakespeare, you may be very confused. If you had to read the Bible even, you may be very confused. And if those individuals, Shakespeare and Jesus, was standing before you right now talking to you, you may be very confused. But what Jesus said unto them in his teaching He said, hearken, that means hear. Hearken means hear. When you see that word in the Bible, that means hear. He said, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Did somebody grab that? There went out a sower to sow. That means that's a person in an occupation with a job. But immediately, your mind may think about seeds. But he's talking about a person with a career. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and ate them up. And some fell on stony ground where he had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no deepness in the earth to take root but when the sun was up it was scorched and it because it had no root it withered away that means that that person occupation to sow meaning plant seeds. The sower was the position. He sowed into the ground. He sowed, but he sowed the way he sowed into the ground. Some of the seeds fell on stony ground. And when the earth and the sun came up, it scorched it. And then it say, and some fell among thorns. That's like I always think about sticker briars. And the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And so Jesus said unto them, He that has ears, listen, you got to grab this, to hear, let him hear. Now, you that have ears to hear, your mind could be all over the place. If I told you that same parable and I left you hanging and I didn't give any understanding, then you may take it and perceive it to be something just totally opposite of what is meant. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. And so at verse 9, it says, And he said to them, He, meaning he or she, that has ears to hear, let them hear. And when he was alone, They that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. Now, did you get that? While he was alone, here's somebody come to him and ask him about the parable. 
And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are there done in parables. What am I saying? Even when Jesus spoke with people, he talked in a way that left many people confused. But he said to the disciples, which you back up in Mark chapter 3. It describes in Mark chapter 3 when he appointed 12 of them. And it named which ones he appointed. But even when he appointed those people to be his entourage, that's what I always call them. His, his, his people that journey and travel with him. He said to them, now you should know what I'm talking about. You should understand what I'm, where I'm coming from. But just because other people don't understand me doesn't mean you should not understand me. And they they didn't they didn't confront him in front of the people. Isn't that amazing? They waited until they got him over to the side by himself. And he said unto them, "It is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God." Why you think Jesus said that to them? Because Jesus knew when he picked them that there was something on the inside of them that should be able to operate in the gift of discernment. There was something on the inside of them that operated in a way that they should have had a comprehensive understanding. Because now they're disciples. They're disciples of God. And that's what Jesus said. Unto you, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And that's the way sometimes I think when I talk and I speak, I know everybody is not going to understand. But those who have proclaimed to be disciples of God. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Then that mystery that I speak of, the parable that I execute, then they should know because they have declared they are children of God. But at verse 12, it says that seeing that they may see and not perceive. And this Jesus saying to them, Or he thinking this, but it is written and it says in hearing, they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. It's important to understand. That's why in Proverbs it says, above all thy getting, get understanding. What attachment did Jesus make with getting understanding? He says, when you totally understand, you will become converted. And once you become converted, he said, then your sins can be forgiven. Now listen to me. Get this. And I want to group it together. And Jesus said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. I want you to saturate that. Unto you, nobody else. Take your mind off everybody else. And just say this within yourself. Unto me it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And that's why Jesus said, but unto them, they are without. And all these things are done in parable. That seeing, they may see and not perceive. And hearing, they may hear and not understand. So what he's saying is that sometimes people hear things And they don't want to perceive it. Oh, God, help me today. Sometimes people hear things and they don't choose to understand it. 
Because if they actually could clearly see and understand what you're discussing, the parable you're talking about, the words that you use, they might become converted and they'll change. But in that change, Jesus clearly said, and their sins should be forgiven. Do you want your sins to be forgiven today? Are you listening to hear? And are you having ears to hear that you can perceive? Are you looking at what's in front of you that you can see and perceive and you can hear and understand? Do you really want to understand? Or do you want to not be converted that your sins will not be forgiven? At verse 13, Jesus said, and he said unto them, know ye not this parable? He asked a question. Do you not understand and know this parable? And how then will you know all parables? And that's an important question. If we can't learn to filter what goes in our ear, take out what part we need to take out when a person is talking, that you can apply it to what is not correct and be converted. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Take out what should be applied that's correct that you can be converted. So oftentimes I notice when people are listening, they're not hearing, they're just listening. Because they don't take out the part that they need to sit and hear and perceive and say, you know what? I used to be like that. I need to be converted. I used to act like that. I need to be converted. I used to talk like that. I need to be converted. I used to treat people like that. I need to be converted. That's the purpose of hearing when you hear things instead of running away without trying to get an understanding. Go back. That's why a lot of times you will hear me say at the end of my podcast, revisit and rewind. I even do it myself. I make a habit of it. I go back and I listen to my own self and I say, okay, self, what part did you say? about yourself when I give my own testimonies that you need to be converted? What part did you need to perceive to be converted? When people tune in and listen to thousands of people all over the world, you should have a purpose for tuning in and listening in. It shouldn't just be to peep in and peep out. If God is drawing you to have ears to hear someone that ministers his gospel, it is for a reason for us to hear and perceive in order to be converted. A real person that teaching the true gospel, one thing they're going to operate in is telling the truth. And the truth don't always feel good. When Jesus just told this parable, even though the disciples was confused, that's why they came to him and they asked him, what was he talking about? When you're confused, if you want to know, even another scripture, I think Paul might have wrote, ye who are spiritual, if you're confused, go to that person. In the spirit of love. And ask them. Why did they say that? Because that's what the disciples did. I'm just saying. When we say we are children of God. That means we're disciples. Of God. Jesus just didn't pick us. But if you believe that you are chosen child of God. That means you are a disciple of God. Isn't that great? And so Jesus went on to explain to them, beginning at verse 14. The sower, we back to the person in a position, that's his career, that's his title. Like some people, a secretary. 
Some people are cashier. Some people are school teacher. Some people are pastors and teachers, apostles, evangelists. Some people are work in factories and they have different positions, but that's what the sower was called. That was his position. And so Jesus explained to them, he said, the sower sowed a seed. So now we understand the sower position. All the sower did was he went down the rows in the garden and he planted seeds. And so Jesus thought that that's why he, like, this is simple. You living in a time and an era where so many people have this position. That's just like asking a person, you don't know what a secretary does? (laughs) A secretary does secretarial duties. So a sower, what his occupation is to sow seeds. But now remember, a parable is like a poem. So Jesus went on to say, and these are they by the wayside. So when the sower sold the word, he said, the sower sold the word. Now we look at the opening up of the parable. So the seed was the word. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. So this was the occupation. But Jesus spoke to them in a parable. And I like a point. But this is why he said, you don't, God haven't allowed you to open up the mystery and you are a child of God and you can't decipher. So Jesus went on to break it down. And he said, the sower sold the word. I need to repeat that. The sower sold the word. So now we're hearing another another side of the same story but he's given an explanation of the seed is the word he said and these are they by the wayside these words where the word is sown but when they have heard it Satan comes immediately and take away that word that was sown in their hearts. That's why I say, are you listening or are you hearing? Because when you hear, then Satan can't come and take people words that they say, that you heard. And immediately, Satan will take away that word that was sown, that's supposed to have been going in your heart. You were supposed to take that word and ponder it in your heart and see what is it in your heart that needs fixing. What is it in our heart? That's how I listen to people. I listen to people in a way and I take it and I use the term I ponder and I pray because I need to meditate on this thing in my heart. I don't need to allow Satan, as soon as somebody says something I don't like and don't understand, let Satan immediately come and keep it from me pondering it in my heart. Because you know he'll do that. You'll hear words and immediately you'll get angry and say, oh no, they didn't. You know, we we all guilty of that. Oh no, they didn't say that. Oh no, I just know they didn't. Well, whenever you walk away from a conversation where the words have been sown and you take that attitude, well, the scripture says immediately Satan has come because that's the way Satan wants us to act out when we hear things. He don't want us to hear with understanding. He don't want us to feel to things to be able to operate in faith and feel better. See, immediately, everybody take the word when the seed is sown by the wayside. That means it never got on the inside. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed it. And that's what he said about the word. It fell by the wayside. 
That means it never got on the inside. You never took those words and say, okay, God, help me in my heart to be better by what I heard. That I can be converted. Let me keep moving. At verse 16, it says, and these are they. Now he went on to explain the next part of the parable. Which are sown on stony ground. Who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But it have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now, let me break it down a little bit inside the parable of comprehension. Jesus is explaining to them, okay, you might have heard the word that came forth. The word comes forth to help each and every one of us. And you might have rejoiced. I may say something on a podcast. You may enjoy hearing it and you rejoice in it. That's those words that when they were sown, you receive gladness immediately. You know, most people do it when they say, oh, God is going to bless you. Oh, people get real glad. God is going to give you a car. God is going to help you with this. People get glad to hear. But it said, but it take no root. You just heard somebody give you Five ways you're going to be blessed. And you ran off in the gladness. But it didn't take root. Because Jesus said that as soon as an affliction. Oh God help me today. Or persecution arises for the word's sake. See God may say you know what you're not ready right now. So I'm going to have to wait before I open the door for that car. You're not ready right now because you don't know how to budget. So I'm going to need you to wait before I open the door for your house. God may say, you're not ready right now for the, the, the promotion. So I may need you to wait for a minute so you can gleam and grow. And that whatever is being taught to you, it won't just seem like it fell on stony grounds. Because soon as something arises, all your faith just fall out the window. I'm just saying. <laughs> Have you ever had people encounter? I mean, I've been guilty myself. That sometimes you hear things and it's like, oh God, I'm so glad. Thank you, Lord. But as soon as things don't go your way, or should I say our way? Well, I'm working on me. But I know there was a time when things didn't go my way. That I would say, oh God, I had faith to believe you was going to open that door. And now it didn't open. But see, one thing about certain people's level of faith, no matter how many doors are closed, they will never denounce knowing God. No matter how many doors and windows are closed, they will never denounce knowing God. They'll shift their faith and say, okay, God, I was believing you for a bigger house, but I content myself in this little house because their faith will stay activated. And they'll say, okay, God, well, I was believing you for a new car. And I thought because I did all the paperwork, I thought I was going to be approved. The people said everything looked good, but then they came back and they, you know how to credit people do send you a denial letter I'm just saying and you just and they did but they just said you pre-approved for this new credit card and then you go ahead and you click it and you excited and you sit in that prayer Lord let me get it let me get it let me get it but then they send you and said eh, well we'll send you a letter to explain why we didn't give you that credit and then sometimes that's just like a seed that fell on stony ground then all of a sudden, it's like, well, God, you know, I needed you to extend that credit card because I needed to get my kids some school clothes and I needed to do this. I needed to do that. Instead of saying, you know what, God, that door was closed, but I'm going to keep the faith for another one to open. God, I didn't get that bigger house, but I'm going to keep cleaning the little house. 
And I'm going to keep the faith that in the appointed time, you're going to still allow me to receive what you have for me. But when you get outside of talking to God like that, that means whatever God said or the person said to give you a word from God and you receive that gladness. But soon as something don't go our way, we want to take all the faith off the table and treat and treat God like he owes us and he didn't come through for us. And half of the time, we're not even living a righteous life. I'm just saying, I just had to throw that in there. Hello. (laughs) But yet we want all this gladness and good gifts from God. And, And see, I've gotten to a place of seasoned maturity to say to God, okay, God, whatever door you close, it wasn't meant for me to walk through it. Whatever you don't allow me to receive, it's not my time right now. And when you reach that level of season maturity, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, and you trust in God that all, all, everything, all things and everything that I've ever had, God, you gave it to me. And if you gave it to me one time, you'll give it to me again. I just need to check and examine how I'm hearing. Am I hearing words that's going to just fall on stony grounds? And the words that people say sound good, but it's only good unless things are going good. Hello? Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. When we move on down to verse 18, and it says, And these are they which are sown among thorns. Now, he's still breaking down the parable. These are the people that hear the word. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, it has choked the word and it become unfruitful. And these are they which are sown in that ground. What it was all about, what can God do for me? To I can get to impress other people. What would God do for me for other people to see and feel and think and believe? Oh, I got it all together. That's what Jesus was explaining because they're more concerned about the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches and the lust of other things entering in. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and that pride. And so Jesus says, so what happens when the word is sown in them to help guide them in the path of righteousness, to start making right decisions, to start choosing to do the right thing, and don't worry about what other people got to say, what other people have to think. Are you trying to outdo somebody? I got to get the best in the bigger car. I got to get all the riches so people will feel that I'm on the right road. But Jesus said, but see, but see, but when you hear the word, and remember now some verses up, the word is given to convict, con- conceive for correction that you can turn from sin. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. That's all that God is concerned about. Are we going to hear his word that we can conceive it and be converted from our sins? But most people, and, and I've been guilty that I used to live a life where I was more concerned with the cares. Oh, God, can you give me this? And if I do this, if I walk up right, then would you bless me? I'm telling you, I made bargains with God so many times. I've had to repent for all the times I bargained with God. Isn't that amazing? And I said, okay, God, well, if you take me out of sin, instead of being with my boyfriend, I'm going to make him my husband, and we're going to get married. And then when I got married, I thought everything was going to be hunky-dory because God going to bless me with every riches that I want. God going to bless me with all the material things that I want. Well, listen, now he did give me quite a bit of them at one point in time when I was married. But everything was not hunky-dory because there was a need for other areas of deliverance. 
See, that was just stuff and things. That was things for the cares of the world. But yet, all that money between me and my husband that we was bringing in annually, it came with a lot of deceitfulness. Because I had a husband that was out there committing adultery. And then I was playing my little head games, you know, trying to catch and trick and trap. So it was a lot of deceitfulness. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. In the midst of wanting all of that. And I thought, well, you know, I'm living right as right as I can now. Because that was my biggest hang up as a sinner. Was, was committing fundication. But once I came out of that, I didn't realize that it was so important to be equally yoked. And if I had someone in my life that I believe, I believe now, and I can't guarantee it, that was faithful to me, then I believe I would have still been married to that individual. But when a person is dishonest in a relationship that sets in deceitfulness and it can be co-workers it can be in any relationship but you, you know you find yourself playing what I call mind games and you're always trying to manipulate a conversation to trap and set up that's deceitfulness. Instead of just going to a person straight up and say, well, let me ask you a question. Are you cheating on me? And if they say no, and then you don't believe them, you start you start spinning your wheels in all these mind games of manipulation. Well, I, well let me say I used to. Because then it's like, okay, well, I gotta, I've got to catch you in some kind of wrong to prove to me that you're lying. Because when one area of deceit of lies, because anybody ought to know, this should not take being a All lies mean you are deceitful. If you need to tell a lie, you are operating in a deceitful spirit. And deceitful spirits are mandated from the devil. And so when Jesus was even in his journey, if you look in Mark chapter 3, that's what they call Jesus. Because they thought he was being deceitful. They said he worked for Beelzebub. And that's because you know why they thought that about Jesus? And sometimes people may think that about you and I. Because they didn't have understanding. That's why it's important above all thy getting to get understanding. When a person walks away without a full understanding then the opportunity for you to think they're being deceitful sets in. Because deceitful, first thing is going to say, you're telling lies. Or you lied on me. That's why I say never fall out with people when they're telling the truth. Because if your mind don't perceive that that truth is incorrect, you're deceiving your own self. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. You can lie to yourself. In other words, you can deceive your own self. You ever met somebody that they'll tell a lie so long until they believe their own lie? Well, that's a deceitful spirit. So Jesus goes on at verse 20 and he says, And these are they which are sown on good ground. Now you're finna find out how you can listen and hear. And when you hear a word, it can stay inside of you and it can cultivate you to a good person because it falls on good ground. Let me give you what Jesus said. And these are they that are sown. These Remember these sown, you're sowing words, words that fall and you have good ground inside of you. It says, he says, first, when you hear the word, you got to receive it. And when you receive that truth, listen now, this is what Jesus says. It's going to bring forth fruits. And that means you're going to grow. And he said, you're going to either grow 30, you're going to grow 60, or you're going to grow 100. You ever met people that you think and look at them, even if you don't say it, that's a wise person. 
That's a smart person. Oh, they make good decisions. You know why? I can pretty much tell you that person knows how to eat the truth. When you learn how to eat the truth, it helps you to grow in a good way. Now, this is what Jesus said. Because it's falling on good ground. The devil didn't come and take them words and make you angry that you heard. You were not deceived by your own self or somebody else that came along and tried to water you with some other input. Because you know there are people that will do that. Instead of water you and say, well, did they tell the truth or was it a lie? See, that's a good question to counteract. But you got a lot of people, instead of them asking that, they'll get on the bandwagon and say, yeah, I heard what they said. And you know what? And they'll go on and they will feed you some more words to help you stay deceived within yourself. Or you can deceive your own self. You can sit there and say, oh, I heard what they said, but I don't know why they said that because I didn't do that. And that's why I say you can deceive your own self. Or I'm not like that. But what Jesus clearly explained to them, when you want to be blessed, you're going to hear the word and receive it if it's the truth. And I'm just not talking about what other people say. I'm talking about the Bible. And this is what Jesus was explaining to the disciples. The word of God. If you know you hear the word of God. And if you hear, not listen, but you hear. And you receive it. I hear so many people quote scriptures. But they just fall apart. And they said, well, I have faith of a, of a mustard seed. Well, if you receive what you hear in the word. <laughs> and say, if you have faith of a mustard seed, then you can say to that mountain, that big old problem, be thy removed and cast into the midst of the sea. If you have faith of a mustard seed, and I promise you, I have in my cupboard... In my seasoning, mustard seeds. And they are teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny. And so what, what it says is that if you just have a little bit of faith, then you can say to that mountain, instead of hearing words and, and, and you be deceived, you'll be convinced that no matter what's going on, no matter what it looks like, I serve a God that can move in this mountain out of the way. See, when you hear the word of God and say no matter what it looks like I can love those who wrongfully persecute me and say all manner of evil against me no matter what it looks like if I'm hearing the word now this is what Jesus said when you hear the word on good ground you will receive it and this is how you get blessed this is why some people have more biblical insight than others. Some 30, some some 60, and some 100. You got some people that no matter what, they get that to that hundredfold level and whatever come, whatever may, they're going to still be happy. No matter come, whatever may, they're going to still love people. No matter come what they heard, they still will be there for you. They'll still do because they allowed that word that they heard to be sown on good ground. And how did Jesus say we do that? They look inside their heart. And they say, no matter what, I'm going to bless those that curse me. No matter what, I'm going to pray for them who wrongfully persecute me. No matter what. I'm going to love my enemies. No matter what, these are the people where the word have filled on good ground. But when you find people, when they hear the truth, 
And they want to always not just let they self heart be deceived. They try to pour it in other people. They try to water other people with the negative naysaying. And I always say, you can't fret about people that do that either. You know why? Because they got to run around heaven on judgment day. And they still going to have to answer to whatever seed that is sown. That's why it's so important who gets in your ear. Because faith come by hearing and hearing the word. And the scriptures say, how can they hear except there's a preacher? And how can that person preach and minister except they've been sent? And that's why it's important for you to listen to people that have been sent by God. But if you find yourself listening to people that are not sent, they just went. I'm just saying. And you will find yourself just like a plant. They'll water you and water you. And you know too much water in a plant if you don't know how to put enough to not be enough. It can kill that plant. You can overwater a plant and it'll die. Some people water too much stuff in your ear. And it's literally keeping you from your blessings of that 30, 60, and 100 fold. And Jesus went on to say at verse 21, and he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifest. I hope somebody grabbed that. That's why I say I have no secrets. And a lot of times when people hidden agendas, hidden deeds, and hidden seeds are manifest, they'll fall out with you because they feel that they should not be exposed for who they are and what they do. But the word clearly says, this Jesus talking, I'm just reading it. He said, for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifest. So God has to utilize somebody to say what needs to be said in order for the manifestation to come forth. It said, Jesus said, neither was anything kept secret. And when people hear without understanding, remember now, and they're not ready to change their ways. Jesus said, you will be exposed. And it won't be kept secret. Some people have kept secrets concerning people for years. And in this season, 2023, the Holy Spirit has been guiding people to boldly speak the truth. Because it's time out for hidden secrets. That's why I tell my own, hello. Because if you don't tell them, God will, will, will prompt somebody else to expose it. I'm just saying. It said, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, shall more be given. That's another blessing. When you take what you hear, even if it doesn't sound good, even if we don't like hearing it, but if we take what we hear, this is what Jesus said, and measure it, that's how you get to ponder it in your heart and say, okay, God, did I do that? Am I guilty of that? Well, God, you know what? Instead of falling out with a person for what is true and what is right, I'm going to work on making things right with myself. Because there is nothing hid which shall not be manifest. Neither was there anything kept secret. But that it should come out. God allowed things to come out. God prompts some people to say what they have to say in order for exposure to take place. Now, this Jesus teaching. 
But he said, instead of falling out with people, take heed. Take heed to what you hear. This is how, above all you're getting, you get understanding. He said, and think about it. Because if you measured whatever these people are talking about, if you're guilty of doing it, then what you measured out is going to be measured back to you. So when you sit around and you talk bad about everybody, it's going to come back and be measured back to you. I'm just saying. That's reaping what you sow. We talking about the sowed and the, the seer and the sowing. That's reaping what you sow. That's why I say I don't fall out with people. If people say things about me out here, guess what? The first thing I ask myself, well, Alfreda, is it true? That's the first thing. Is it true? And if it's the truth, I measure it. And I say to myself, okay, well, I need to work on me. Now, if it's not true, I tell you what I say to myself. Well, I need to pray for them. And I need to let God deal with them. But I'm going to still show them love. That's the measure. Because I hear to understand. And the Bible said when we do that. Listen to what Jesus said. When you hear and you measure. And you get an understanding. And you continue to treat people right and love them. He said you shall be given more. That's why it amazed me sometimes when people don't realize favor. That's why they say favor is not fair. You can see people just accumulate. They steady, they can fall down and get back up. They be given more and more and more because they measure things in their own heart. And Jesus went on to say, for he that hath to him shall be given. That means understanding of the sower and the seed. Did you get that? He said, because if you did, you got stuff that you're going to be given more. And he said, he that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he had. And that's how a lot of people keep losing stuff. Because they'll hear the truth and they'll know the truth. And instead of letting the truth convert them, Away from their sins, they get around the wrong people in their ear or they think the wrong thing in their own head. And then that which they did have that they used to do that made sense. Now they don't make it make sense because the Bible says what you had, that's going to be taken away because you don't want to still face the fact of reality that all of us. In my previous podcast, we need to change. And so at verse 28, Jesus said, and he said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man shall cast seeds into the ground and shall sleep and rise night and day and the seed shall spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of himself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with that comparison shall we compare it. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs. And it shooteth up great branches, so that the fowl of the air may lodge under the shadows of it. And with many such parables spake he the words unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spoken, he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expound all things to his disciples. Isn't that amazing? 
Sometime in life journey, even with Jesus, you can't always continue to explain everything to everybody. And Jesus could have broke it down from the get-go. But he spoke to them in a parable, hoping that they will be able to decipher and ponder things in their heart and receive a better understanding. And it's amazing how they, the scripture said, without a parable, he spoke not unto them. But when they got by themselves, he explained. That's what he mean, expound. He explained. And sometimes that's all it takes. Instead of letting the devil, as the first description, come along immediately and take somebody's words and cause your heart to feel some type of way. Get with that person like the disciples did with Christ. Ask them to expound on what they mean. If you're ready to convert and change, because that's the key. That Jesus, the reason is saying, and that they wanted to convert. They conceived and converted to be changed. Because it's a sad person when the Bible says they wake up every day and every night. And they run around in the world and they don't get understanding. They don't get understanding. And it's so important above all of our getting to get understanding. If you have not went directly to just like the disciples did with Jesus, they didn't understand why Jesus said what he said. They, they had ears to listen, but they didn't hear. And Jesus had to give them a breakdown. And then they said, oh, okay, I understand. And oftentimes, that's all we need is understanding. And before we allow the enemy to take root of people's words in our heart, maybe we should go to them to get an understanding. Because if you've already measured out a way of conduct and character, and we have to be mindful, God is going to allow it to be measured back to us. And that should be okay. This is how we grow. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. And on that note, may the blessings from heaven continue to critique you, to conceive. It's time to change. That when you hear words, they don't fall on stony ground. But they fall on good ground. And they take root. And you grow. You grow wiser. You grow wiser and wiser. Increase from 30 to 60 to 100. Get all the way to the top and keep it 100. When you get that truth inside of you. And as always, may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives. Meet all of your needs. And may you be able to hear what the Spirit is saying. Keep the faith no matter what it looks like, if you're going to believe and have the faith of a mustard seed, then don't let it fall because you get the wrong people to fall in your ear. Continue to keep the same faith because the same God is still on the throne. Amen. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast upload, may you take this message, reflect, rewind, and download it down in your spirit that you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that you will continue to grow and grow on good ground. God blessings to each and every one of you. I humbly appreciate you for tuning in to WDGS on your podcast station. I love you and God blessings. Have a great and marvelous weekend. Be fabulous. Be happy. Keep the faith. Keep the fun. And God will show you the favor. God blessings. And remember, there's some things we need to always do every day. Remember this. 
In all things, give thanks. Thank God every day. God's words say, repent daily, every day. Ask God to forgive you. Sometimes you may say, well, I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm just giving you instructions what God... 